Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. So let me set the stage for you. It's the Monday after Labor Day, and it's the year 2001. This is uh, two months after I I become a a believer, and this was the first Young Life event of the year. And I was so excited because Young Life had made this impact, and and I showed up early to our first club because I wanted, wanted to serve. I wanted to help set the room. I, I wanted to greet freshmen as they came for the first time. And, and so I did. So I showed up. I, I helped out. And I remember standing outside b- before club was starting. And, and I was standing there with my young life leader, Charles. And we were smiling and we were greeting people, high-fiving. And, and then Matt pulled up. Now, Matt was one of my best friends. But I was angry that he was there. I was angry that he would show up. And here's why. Because I knew that little more than 24 hours before this, he was drunk. I know this because I'm the one who drove him home. And so I was angry because he didn't care about Jesus. He, I knew he was not interested in the gospel. He was not interested in the word of God. He was interested in the girls who were showing up. He was interested in, in hanging out with a group of friends, and, and that made me furious. And I was standing outside with, with Charles, and, and I looked at him. I said, Charles, can you believe that Matt is here? Do you know what type of guy he is? And Charles just starts laughing, and he just goes, I bet Matt's the same type of guy you were about three months ago. Which, of course, he was, he was right. But how often do moments like this happen to us? These, these ridiculous moments where we're angry for no good reason. I was angry at the fact that, that Matt had showed up and was going to hear from the Word of God. How often do, do we get angry at God in general for, for different things that are happening? How often do we get angry about the circumstances around us or, or the people in our lives? How often do we get angry uh, at this idea that God hasn't answered the prayers the way that we think He should or, or He hasn't worked out certain situations the way that we would? How often do we get angry because we're not the ones in control? Here's the question I have for you. Is God... Lord of your life? Is God Lord of your life? Or is he someone that you want to try and control and manipulate? Here's here's another question. Would your attitude towards God change if you knew what he desired? We're going to talk about that today. Uh, But before I do that, let me just say that we're concluding our series, Close Encounters. This is the last week uh, where we're going to be in the book of Jonah. And if you haven't tuned in before, let me just kind of quickly sum up what has happened. Uh, We've been in this book and we've met this reluctant prophet, this man whom God is talking to and he's called him to go and share the good news to the Ninevites. But Jonah hates the Ninevites. He hates them so much that instead of listening and obeying God, he gets on a ship 
and it pretty much just tells, tells them, hey, I'm, I'm willing to go wherever you're going as long as it's not, as not Nineveh. And as they get in the ship, the storm comes, the boat becomes, uh, begins to sink, the, the crew is freaking out, and Jonah realizes, hey, this is, this is my fault. This will stop. Let me just jump off the boat. And so he does. He jumps off the boat, and, and he jumps off, and almost immediately as he hits the water, the storm stops, but he's sinking. He's drowning. And then this big fish comes and swallows him, which has to be the craziest thing in the history of history. But this big fish comes and swallows him, saves him, and he's in the fish for three days. And while he's in there and he's surrounded by darkness and I'm guessing big fish mucus, he is praying and he is crying out to God. And then on the third day, the big fish spits him out onto the shore of, you guessed it, Nineveh. And then once he gets there, he goes into the city and he shares the good news. In this city, the king repents. Disaster is averted. Do you remember what the last verse in chapter 3 says? This is what it says. This is Jonah 3.10. It says, When God saw what they did, how they, talking about the Ninevites, turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he has said he would do to them, and he did not do it. And this is, this is great news. The Ninevites are forgiven, disaster, averted. God used Jonah to bring them the good news. Jonah got to be this hero who, who shared this beautiful truth that saved the city. So what is Jonah's response to this? Verse 4-1, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. It, he was angry. He listened to God, he obeyed God, and he was angry that God did what he said he was going to do. And in fact, Jonah kind of has like a, a little temper tantrum. He acts like my two-year-old Samuel, and he's like, I knew that you were going to save them because your grace abounds, your mercy uh, covers all, you are, your, your steadfast love is now known in Nineveh. And he was angry about this truth to the point where, where Jonah even says, God, Please take my life. To which God responds, Do you do well to be angry? Well, as you keep reading in chapter 4, Jonah would leave the city and he kind of sets up camp just east of it. And he's watching the city. I'm, I'm guessing he's hoping that God might still cause that disaster to happen, to cause this great city to fall, which doesn't happen in Jonah's lifetime anyway. But Jonah is sitting there, and, and while Jonah is sitting there, God causes this plant to grow to provide Jonah the shade, and Jonah loves it. He loves this plant. He loves the shade. But then the very next night, God sends this worm, yes, a worm, to come to attack the plant to the point where it withers and dies. And on top of that, God sends a scorching wind from the east. He allows the sun to beat on Jonah's head. And Jonah says again, it is better for me to die than live. To which God again responds, do you do well to be angry? And, and this time he's, he's specifically talking about the, the plant in which God uses the plant as an analogy uh, about his desire to save Nineveh, to save the people. Uh, despite Jonah's anger, 
despite the fact that Jonah is not in control of the situation. Here's, here's how he responds in, uh, in, in verse, uh, verse, starting in verse 10. It says, And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. God says, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? So yes, Jonah's angry because he hates the Ninevites. He doesn't want to see the Ninevites saved. He wants to see disaster happen. And in chapter 4, Jonah would continue complaining about the fact that God does forgive them. That disaster does not happen. But God reminds Jonah of this truth, that the people of Nineveh are image bearers of God. They are sinners, yes. They don't know the right from the left. They are people who have not heard the truth about God's steadfast love. But God reminds Jonah that he is for them. So there's two, two truths that I'll, I'm going to pull from chapter 4, and really I can pull this from the entire book of Jonah. And the first truth is this. God is for them. Them being the Ninevites. Them being sinners. Them being the mats of the world. Them being that, that kid on your team who's kind of a jerk. Them being the atheist at your school. Them being fellow image bearers who maybe don't know that they are loved by God. Them being people whom God possibly wants to use you to share truth with. God is for them. The second truth is that God is for you. Throughout the book of Jonah, God continues to pursue him. We see that from the first chapter where, where God calls him, and even though he runs away, he chases him with a storm, and then Jonah would, would jump out, and as he's drowning, as he's dying, God pursues him and saves him by sending the big fish, and then as he's in the big fish, you see God continue to pursue him, because as Jonah cries out and prays, we know that God hears him. You see, God never stops pursuing Jonah, and the truth is, he never stops pursuing you. I think often we believe that once we're saved, that God stops pursuing us, but that couldn't be further from the truth. No, no, no. he continues to pursue us. In Romans 8:34, the apostle Paul reminds us of this. He says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What this means means is that God pursues us through his son who sits at the right hand of the father and continues to remind God about us. When we fall short, when we sin, Jesus sits there and says, God, do not forget them. God, remember your love for them. Your grace is for them. Your mercy is for them. You sent me to die for them. You sent me to raise for them because you love them so much. You want to spend eternity with them. God does not stop pursuing you because he is for you. Yes, he is for them, but do not forget that God is for you. He asked Jonah multiple times throughout chapter 4, do you do well to be angry? 
as I sit here and I think about the circumstances in our life, let me say this. You may be going through something and you may be angry about it. That's okay. It is okay to be angry. But I want to challenge you to remember this truth. This truth that God loves you and is for you. He's for those around you, but he is for you. So today, uh, in your groups, you're gonna answer a bunch of questions, but please make sure you answer this question. After hearing everything you've heard, after reading Jonah chapter four, answer this question. Is God Lord of your life? Do you do well to be angry? Or do you still want to control it yourself? Are you ready to have a truly close encounter with God, giving Him everything, surrendering to Him, and allowing Him to be Lord of your life, allowing Him to take control? Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for today and this opportunity to hear from your word and for the reminder that you are for those around us, but God, that you are for us, that you sent your son for us to die for us, to raise uh, himself up from the dead, to intercede for us. God, we love you and the fact that you don't stop chasing after us. Lord, we pray this all in your powerful name. Amen. See ya.